0: their pastor uh, to death during this pandemic and was a wonderful man of God my heart goes out uh, to their church family as, they, uh, as they're they looking right now uh, for a pastor So uh, my heart is with Butler First Assembly and not only on the mission field but here at home I'm appreciative of what they do and I think we should strive to emulate that I've always prayed with us being a missions minded church that God would raise up uh, not only preachers, but missionaries out of our, out of our ranks that would go into all the world, men might hear the gospel and be saved. Ecuador, special to us. It was years ago when I was at Summerdale. Brother Homer had a worker there. Had a lot of foreign workers to come work uh, for them when he was with the Edwards Electric, and uh, one of them was Rafael, Lou Percio. and uh, he was from Quito he came uh, to, uh, I believe it was a Wednesday night service and I was just preaching Jesus. After service was over, he came up and he was real choppy English, but he's wanting to learn more English. And he said, I want to talk with you more about what you were preaching about. And I said, sure, and I just invited him into the office. He said, your preachy, your preachy is with power. I want to know more. For the next three years, I discipled that man. So he stayed here and worked. I'm telling you, every waking day, he was at my house wanting to know more. He went on, if we went on a holiday trip, because all his family was in Ecuador, he just thought he was our family. I tell him, well, we gotta go to so and so for Christmas. He said, what time do we leave? He, I mean, he went everywhere with us. He gained about 35 pounds while he was here, eating Sister Kim's cooking, drinking sweet tea. <laughs> Watched my babies grow up the day he went back to Ecuador. He got, right before he went home, we had camp meeting, and the, on Friday night, of camp meeting, God baptized Raphael in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He told me, he said, I'll never forget your example. He said, "I must take this back to my homeland, and uh, we still communicate all the time. And he's looking for Jesus to come, Amen. Just like we are. So, uh, I'm a believer in this gospel. Yeah. It changes the world, yes. Amen. Turns them Christ. Well, we got one of my favorite missionaries, missionary evangelist Dr. David Talbert. He's going to be bringing the word. He's no stranger to Bible way." He's going to come, we're just going to drop a lectern down on the floor and let him preach from the floor, that'll be easiest for him. Amen. Let's love him this morning as he comes to (laughs) preach the gospel to us. Oh, I'm supposed to dismiss our children's church, I almost forgot Appreciate Sister Michelle for helping us this morning.
1: Well, it's good to be in the house of more. I enjoyed your presentation on Ecuador. Been there several times myself. I didn't go as a resident missionary though. I feel for you. <laughs> we'll pray for you. <laughs> One thing about Ecuador that stood out to me was the extreme poverty. They just. A lot of things that we just take for granted here, there is not heard of. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord here. Good to be at Bible Way Assembly of God. I have a message I'm going to preach. It's two parts, so I'm going to preach some of it this morning and some of it this evening. And if the Lord carries and helps me. I want to preach this morning on the characteristics of sheep. I don't know in all of the years, 40 years of preaching that I've ever preached on just sheep. So you best bear with me a while. And uh, I pray that it won't be too difficult. And I pray that God give me the liberty to say what need be said. Yeah. In the fashion it needs to be said, with the love of Christ. In Psalms 23, verse 1, for a text, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, that's about an ordinary response. Everybody, look at me. <laughs> so, what are you at? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We live in a very wanting society. As a matter of fact, you're not looked upon as very good citizen if you don't have a want and a lot of it the lord is my shepherd i shall not want then in john's gospel the 10th chapter i marked it but uh my marking ain't too good brother giving me advice on how to be able to work one hand I've never got used to it and on top of that it's left handed and I was right handed <laughs> I curse snakes every morning I get up <laughs> <laughs> for you that are unaware I was snake bit island of Mindora in the South Pacific, and it's been a journey, to say the least. In the tenth chapter of the book of John, starting at verse 1, verily, verily, I say unto you, I gotta find my glasses. <laughs> Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Thank God I am in the sheepfold. I didn't steal my way in. I didn't beg my way in. I repented and called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he welcomed me in. He opened the door. He is the door. I want to preach to you for just a little while a characteristic of a sheep. If we say we are sheep, then you've got to have characteristics of sheep. The Bible warns us about wolves in sheep clothing. I've met some of them along the way. The first thing that I want to point out about sheep, I don't know, and I don't know anything about them as far as raising them myself. We were southerners, and we were raised on a farm. We had cows, we had hogs, we had chickens, but we didn't have no sheep. As a matter of fact, you're hard-pressed to find a flock of sheep in the South. Sheep don't do too well in lowlands. They do terrible in marshes. That pretty well exempts them from where I come from. We look at a sheep, though. What is the first thing that stands out about sheep? In the Scripture and in natural, a sheep is a clean animal. As a matter of fact, it could be stated without fear of contradiction, they are the cleanest of the clean. You take a cow, you take a goat, they will soil their own bed. Sheep do not do that. Do you know that you could set up a table in a sheepfold and serve supper. Sheep don't attract flies. You wouldn't be bothered by a stinky smell. Goats are just the opposite. Do you know that a goat brought into a barn kept any amount of time That goat can evade that barn for three years, but on certain days when the humidity's right, the sun's right, shines down on that barn, you can smell that goat after three years of no goats being present. I've been to a lot of churches. (laughs) Smell like goat barn instead of a sheep farm. I ain't a goat. Bad English, true theology. Thanks be unto God through Christ Jesus the shepherd, I've been saved, washed in the blood, Filled with the Holy Ghost. Sheep are welcome into the sheepfold. And the Bible said they go in and out without opposition from the shepherd. Sheep are unique. They're the only breed of animal on this planet. That don't put off a smell. You ever been to church? You could smell some goats. I'm trying to find my notes. Some of them must fell down. Probably the ones I need too. If we look at a while about sheep, we understand that they are different. Do you realize that 43 times Jesus in four Gospels talked about sheep? In three and a half years of ministry, he spoke about sheep 43 times. The Bible is filled with talks about sheep, flocks. The next thing about a sheep that I want to make mention of, sheep are not only unique, not only are they grazers, but in modern times they've discovered that they can have a cow lot and feed off hundreds of heads of cows and get them ready for the market. But it doesn't work with sheep. It worked with goats. It works with cows. It works with hogs. But sheep do not do well in a (coughs) feedlot. They've studied and know what certain animals need In their diet, they can send in a truck pulling the trailer and the cows will line up to feed troughs and eat their belly full and grow and get fat. Sheep do not do well on concentrated feed. You know, everybody has a particular ideal about preaching and what kind of preacher they like. There are certain people, they want to listen to a man that does like Abraham Lincoln said he liked a preacher to do. He preached like he was fighting bees. We were in my service one night and a preacher was a-preaching. He said, kept repeating himself over and over and over. Somebody hold my mule. Somebody hold my mule. Well, he's dragging on, he's got pretty bored. And I hadn't learned to be dignified yet. You be a young preacher at that time. I said, my Lord, preacher, Tell me where that mule's tied. I'll turn him loose. <laughs> me and him have been on the outs ever since then. That's been 35 years ago. Here I am now. I'm the one. I can't seem to turn the cows of my mule loose. But I'm telling you, sheep are unique. They don't like to mingle as far as in the flock with other animals I'm so glad I am a sheep in the pasture of the Lord and I realize that my obligation unto God and toward man is to carry the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world that's what our obligation is But I don't mean that I like to sleep on the same couch with a sheep, with a goat, or with a hog. Sheep are unique. If you meet a Christian, I don't care whether they are a German Christian A Russian Christian, an American Christian, a South American Christian, they are the same. Christians are Christians. I posted here not long ago and somebody said, well, because I preached in a Baptist church, they had taken offense. Well, you need to go in there and tell them you're Pentecostal. I said, being the pastor settled that for he asked me to preach. <laughs> I told him I was a Pentecostal. And I went on further than that. I said, and the son of a Pentecostal preacher. Yeah. I'm an assembly of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I preached in a Baptist church because I met a saved Baptist preacher that was indeed called of God and anointed of the Holy Ghost, and he had been pastoring that Baptist church 52 years. And I told him before the service, I said, you know I am a Pentecostal, the son of a Pentecostal. And I said, and I've been said, I have said, In time past, if I had a hair on the top of my head that wasn't Pentecostal, I'd pull it out. (laughs) And I said to him, I don't want to hurt you or your church. And he said, Son, I've been pastoring here for 52 years. You're preaching on a Sunday morning service. And he said, you can preach anything you feel led of the Lord to preach, and if it's wrong, I'll straighten it out Sunday night. <laughs> Sheep are peculiar. Well, I'm looking around over a song congregation. I think there might be a few sheep here. (laughs) Peculiar folks. (laughs) Have you ever seen things that you didn't understand in the house of God? Back when I was a boy, that's been around 60 some odd years ago, There was a lot of peculiar things that happened at the house of God. The strangeness of God. It's a sad day that you get to a place where you can determine what's going to take place at the house of God two weeks in advance. Well, I found out God's not in my cookie cutter. And he done broke my mold. He gets out of it. We should be a peculiar people. I remember as a boy, neighbors were kind of scared to go to our church. They didn't know if we throw dust or powder or some sort on folks. You didn't ever know what was going to happen. Aunt duty's going to shout. She's going to shake her head so fast and so hard, her hair bobby pins is going to fly out. (laughs) And if you were under five years old, you just sprawled under a pew somewhere and went to sleep. Sheep are peculiar. Jesus said, I am the shepherd. And looking at the peculiarness of the sheep, we look at it in the natural. Sheep don't like concentrated food. They will eat it in times of blizzards, in time of foul weather, You may get you a canned sermon. But sheep like to be led to green pastures and like to eat fresh grass. I have to ask myself, what kind of sheep am I? What kind are you? I would like to be one of those highlander sheep. That is, they eat their belly full and then go up above the snake line, the frost line, up in the high altitude and lay down and chew their cud. Sheep is the unique creature of the cud-chewing family. You ever saw an old cow chew his cud? Yeah. A goat chews its cud. Even a camel, that's an unclean animal, chews cud. But something about chewing your cud takes preeminence on a sheep. A cow will chew its cud, maybe 20 or 25 chews. He regurgitates the grass that it fed on that morning and chews it again 20 or 25 times. A goat will regurgitate their grass and only bite and chew on it 10 times. But a sheep lays in the shade of an oak tree and choose what it grazed on that morning 90 to 95 times. It's a sad day when we go home from church and can't remember what the preacher preached. You know, I'm getting old, I guess, because I'm guilty of not chewing my cud. That is, I don't re-chew what the preacher preaches. I forget. From Sunday night to Wednesday, I forget. I'm telling you, it's like, a man, he's preaching that. Has he ever preached that for? So yeah. It's a tragedy that Brother Sullivan, Brother Corey, other preachers preach great messages and the sheep forget it you ought to chew it you ought to chew it until you wring all the juice out of it you would grow thereby you would get nourishment that you would not get otherwise In other words, when service is over, if you're a sheep of the foal of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, you ought to chew on what has been revealed. Not a fleeting message. Not a one-time message. But something I can chew on all week long. The Atlanta Braves you've got a pitcher comes on to close out now. He got a big cud. I can't watch him pitch because he's chewing so much, and he ain't doing too good a job on pitching. <laughs> To God that you and I could muse over the word of God something that's been preached we could chew on it people drive by and look at us sitting down and think we're chewing a chew of tobacco no I'm not chewing no tobacco I'm chewing my cud I'm chewing on what God has revealed from his word it strengthens my soul. 90 to 95 times, no other cud-chewing animal chews their cud as much as sheep do. I've had men that preach something that I could still be chewing on two weeks later. That's what Christ intends to do. Yeah. The revelation of His Word brings strength to our soul. Yes, it does. We're supposed to be cud chewing. You're supposed to chew on what the man of God, the woman of God has said. Chew on it. Get all the nourishment out of it. Nice boy, we growed sugar cane. You didn't bite on sugar cane or lick it a time or two and throw it down and get you another piece. You cut off a piece of chewing cane and you chewed it till you got all the sweet out of it. then as a sheep the word of God says beware of dogs you have an enemy as far back as the writings of Job the oldest perhaps writing of biblical writ Job talked about shepherds Using dogs. But you just remember, dogs are used to drive sheep. Shepherds lead sheep. Dogs drive sheep because sheep are afraid of dogs. Runs them around. Nips at them. Bites them. And if that dog gets hungry enough, instead of working with the shepherd, they become an enemy to the shepherd by destroying the sheep. Sheep are afraid of dogs. The word of God in the epistle said, Beware. Of dogs. Everybody perhaps here has got a pet Fido's at home. It's one thing to have a pet dog. It's another to be a pet of the dog. The dog has to know who the master is. I've seen some preachers try to pastor churches with dog tactics. Chasing the sheep around. Let Jesus be Lord of the sheepfold and he will lead the sheep. Yes. Then we got to take note of some pitfalls of being a sheep. Number one, pet sheep. For the most part, and I, I don't know whether it would apply it Bible way, so I'll preach it as though it don't. And if it does just smile and set on. <laughs> Have you ever been to a church that had a pet in that church? They were petted, cuddled, hugged, and I'm not talking about children. And if they wasn't petted and hugged and cuddled, they got mad and would go down to the church down the road. God didn't call sheep to be pets. He called us to be distinct and peculiar. Yes. Amen. The second problem about sheep, if we can overcome the pet mentality, there is a the danger of being a rogue sheep. I read an article just a few weeks ago of a particular sheep that had snuck off from the flock hid away and stayed hidden for a year or two. When they found it, it was a whole bundle of wool because it had not been shown. That's one thing, to be a rogue sheep and isolate yourself from the body. But there is another characteristic of that rogue sheep. Be it a ewe, that's female sheep, or a ram. They're always in every assembly. There's somebody feels they can do a better job than the pastor. You would believe that they think that they are the Lord's counselor. <laughs> they are advising God on how everything ought to be run. A rogue sheep does not submit to the pastor at all. And is always watching the congregation and trying to corral and him up some sheep to follow him or her churches have been torn all to pieces by rogue sheep trying to exalt themselves above pastor they're not called the pastor do you know how do you take and treat a rogue sheep Now bear in mind, they are sheep. The shepherd that we've already established is the Lord. He will take a rogue sheep. He will set him down on a rock, pull out his front leg, take the shepherd's rod, and break the front leg. Instead of going off trying to lead folks off down the path of their choosing thereafter, they just hobble along behind the flock, crippled. I said, Oh goodness, Lord, I can't preach that. I'm a cripple myself. As the Lord pulled his staff out and walked me in the foreleg, How many of you have ever been in church long enough to encounter rogue sheep? Somebody will take a little band of usually lambs and lead them off through the door to do their own thing at the bidding of a rogue sheep. I'm telling you, God judges that severely. Breaks that leg. I'm just wondering if there's any rogues in the house. Rogue sheep are not an asset until they're broken. God had to break me. God had to break you had to birth in me a flock mentality that I moved according to the will of God, working through that sheep. He called us, nobody, to be an island to themselves. I spent the first 15 years in the South Pacific by myself. Our girls were small. Sister Talbert had to stay in the States. It was terrible. Thank God for all the highlights. And if I was giving the mission speech, I would only talk about the highlights. But the reality was the hardship, the lonely nights and days of traveling third world countries not being accepted by their culture it was horrible but God made a way then I got bit by a snake and you know the story well if you don't uh, just wait around and I'll tell you (laughs) I became incapacitated I could not preach I could travel Brother Sullivan Brother uh, Shannon Connors and Brother Howl and others along the way filled in with me as we traveled at that time. It was a horrible five years. Bringing me to the last point, I guess, unless I find out another one. <laughs> Sheep have to be treated periodically for parasites. And sheep that are usually very docile, very easy to cow down, very humbling before the shepherd until treatment day. <laughs> Brother Su- uh, Su- Sullivan and Brother Corey could testify that this is a fact if they would. It's not easy worming a bunch of sheep. (laughs) Do you know that sheep bite? (laughs) They kick? Sheep are never given as sheep led to the slaughter. They don't say a lot. They don't say anything. Until worming (laughs) day, might go by church sometime and hear some body a (laughs) bellar They'd be all right. Pastor just giving them worm treatment. (laughs) It is required. when they find out that there is no escape through the sheep code door, Christ, that sheep will suddenly stop, lower its head down low to the ground. In essence, say, God, I need this treatment. I don't like it, but I need it. You ever met some Christians that looked like they'd been eating briars? Seemed like they'd lost their joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength. Put your arm around them and say, it's all right, treatment only lasts a day or two. Now I'm old enough to remember the old days in these United States, when treatment come time, parasite treatment, worm treatment, if you're, some of you are old enough to remember when your mama dished out the worm treatment. Well, we rocked smart enough, we had a county nurse. Coming into the grade school at Holly, Florida, and was going to check us all for parasites. Well, we could have saved the county whatever cost it is to send her down there, because we all had (laughs) them. They asked you a question here Do you ever get the ground ditch? I said, Do you ever get over it? That's an indication that you picked up a hookworm. My brother said I've got enough to go fishing with It's horrible. Worm treatment at the house of God. It's terrible. There ain't nobody shouting and jumping the pew, running laps. And the alders, oh God. Help me now. Yes. 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 Amen. My family, my siblings, and I stand out in the annals of Santa Rosa County School <laughs> as number one Wormers. <laughs> because my little sitter sister, she wouldn't put her specimen that they had to fill to put in a little jar and the county nurse carried it off and they sent it somewhere, shook it up and and discovered whether you had any parasites or not. So she went out to the hog barber and she filled her specimen jar with hog droppings. I'm telling you, they come back in two weeks. It wasn't one little white car coming from San Rosa County <laughs> Headquarters. Three cars with three nurses per car. <laughs> and they sent out a notice on all them toddler kids. They give us treatment that made me think I was dying. I drank stuff, it looked like milk. It wasn't a tablespoon. It was in a glass about a two inches, three inches high, slap full of the terribly stuff I ever tasted in my life. I said, what in the world, what, what, what do we have? They said, what do you not have? All because one little baby, my little sister, was too embarrassed to take the worm treatment. Every one of us that make heaven our home will be wormless when we get there. That's right. He's going to clean us out here. Clean us out now. Clean us out forever. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And whatever little imp tries to crawl in, He runs into the antidote, the cure, for all the maladies of the human race. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That cleanses me from all unrighteousness. So when you go to church, and you only go to a church that has praise, shouting and jumping all the time, just come by our church, you're entered into a place laden with parasites. Parasites. Somewhere, the man the woman of God has got to preach the Word of God. It's not always pleasant, but it has a glorious response in the final analysis. I'm a sheep. I've been through the ordeal. I am going through the ordeal. I haven't yet obtained but I press towards the mark the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus this life has all types of difficulties and problems but being a sheep of his foe and he is leading the way it is also a life Filled with the blessings of God, He ministers to us. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He supplies whatever I need. Beware of a church go by that just there to grant everybody's need. No need he supplied money. as a need arises the shepherd provides the cure provides the nourishment provides the still waters to drink whatever i need he christ supplies Amen. That's right. That's good. are you a sheep If we went by looking at our diet, do you only chew on Brother Sullivan's message 10 times? Discard it and want something new? Maybe you got like a cow, you might chew on it 20 times before discarding it. Lord, make us like the sheep. Let us chew on the Word of God 90 to 95 times per bite. What I take one bite here, I chew on it the rest of the day. The characteristics of a sheep. If we go on the face value of the characteristics of the sheep, then we could say pretty well that the house of God is filled up with a divided folk. There's goats, there's cows, but thanks be unto God, there's sheep of his pasture. He's leading, He's guiding. Have you ever arrived to some place you don't know how in the world? It had to be God that arranged for you to get there. 1984. The Lord spoke to my heart in a prayer meeting that he wanted me to go to the Philippines with the late J.C. Walker. And so, being that I was a naive preacher, I didn't run it by committee, didn't talk to the board, didn't say nothing, just got up and announced Sunday morning. The Lord told me to go to the Philippines. I'm leaving in two months. Need $2,200. Board member told me, I guess you ain't going because we ain't got $2,200. $2,200. I said, well, wait a minute. The Lord didn't say nothing about whether y'all had $2,200. He didn't tell me to take up an offering. I just said I was going. And I've already talked to Brother Walker, and he told me I could go. And he told me if I got homesick, he'd just get on the airplane and leave me there till you get that homesickness out of you. I said, oh, I'm going with an insane man. I called Brother Walker and said, Our church don't have $2,200. And he wouldn't give it to me if it did for a mission trip. Got to remember, it's a 70-year-old Seminole church. They don't support missions. I called Brother Walker, gave him the sad news. Don't guess I'd be going Church said we ain't got $2,200. Brother Walker said, Did the church call you? I said, No. They were without a pastor's, my own church. I just standing in. He said, You let me come by there Sunday and let me take up an offering. I said, All right, you're going to preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. He preached Sunday morning, the Holy Ghost looking for a church. I'm telling you, that message is still in vogue today. That same Holy Ghost is at Bible Way Assembly looking for a church. Looking for sheep of the pastor of the Lord. He preached, I'm telling you, he was, a, I started saying old man, but I'm about as old as he is now. He come off the platform. He preached down the pews. He, he preached all the way to the back door, back to the front. Gave an altar call. Five or six people responded. That's a miracle. And he forgot to take up the offering. The Philippines is getting further and further than 11,000 miles, I can tell you that. We went outside. I said, Brother Walker, me and Sister Tobber to carry you and Sister Walker, get y'all something to eat and we'll come back and rest up and you can preach tonight. And for God's sake, remember the offering. He said, son, are you even saved? I said, well, I'm pastoring. He said, that's not the question. A lot of pastors pastoring ain't saved. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. Then trust the Lord. Come back that night, took the same text, same title, the Holy Ghost looking for a church. He said he didn't find it this morning. I thought, Lord, have mercy. How am I going to cover for that when this is all over and Brother Walker's gone? No wonder he's going to Asia. Get him way away from America, from Holly Assembly of God Church. He preached, saying five people responded to the sinners all recall. He prayed with them. I sneaked up beside him. Sheepishly. And I reminded the man of God, you didn't take up the offering. He said, oh, I forgot. Brother Talbert's going with me to the Philippines and he's $2,200. Little boy sitting on front pew. He said, take my Bible. It's open. He said, and uh, collect the offering as he leaves. At that time, the biggest offering we had ever received was less than $600. And here's a man of God going to take up $2,200 on a Sunday night. And on top of that, he preached along. Anybody had any money, done snuck off. Just us poor sheep left in the sheepfold. That little boy was standing back there, and I got to look it. People got to walking by. I, I spoke we probably 50 people in church left. He's standing back there with a the Bible open to take up the offering. Money was falling off of the pages of that Bible, falling on the floor. And he was kicking it in a pile. He's only about nine, ten years old. Well, you know what happened, don't you? I'll tell you what happened. People that didn't have anything but were sheep of his pasture piled $2,600 on top of an open Bible. And I learned a lesson. My sheep know my voice. They flee from the voice of a stranger. God can spread a table in the wilderness and He can provide it with prime cut ribeye. He's God and we are His sheep. Would you stand to your feet while you're standing? I'm going to (laughs) do what (laughs) you're going to do. What kind of animal are you? If you're sheep of his pasture, you know his voice. You flee from the voice of a stranger. If you're his sheep, you beware of dogs. If you're his sheep, You know his voice. right? You don't follow everything that comes down the road saying yay, yay. If you're sheep of his passion, you may be going through a horrible time. Just remember, he worms his sheep to rid them of parasites. I said, man, I must have a tapeworm four foot long. Because oh, yeah. this takes a long time to get this all out of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sheep don't sit around looking to blame the preacher or God. That's why, that's why. My old dad used to tell me and my brother just suck it up, boys. Yes. If we didn't, he knocked it up. <laughs> you know he's just an old sin with God creature. He read the book. He hid it in his heart that he sinned not against God. If you're a sheep, all sheep go through trouble. All husbands and wives. Have trouble. But you know what I've discovered? When Judy's going through something, I'll be on the mountaintop, shouting, dancing. When I'm in the Bully grubs and Saloon, I'm telling you, I have to reach up, pull the fire down. She'll be on the mountaintop. Everything's all right. What do you say? God tries us individually. Every one of us go through periods of time of God's dealing with our souls. And I think here late I've been more on the parasite side the treatment than I have on the shout side. But I'll tell you in spite of everything thank God for His grace. There's something about it. Walking behind the shepherd, I read an article that said a sheep in a flock of sheep following the shepherd. Periodically, each one of these individual members of sheep will come up to the shepherd behind his back as he's leading the way and nuzzle up against him. I'm telling you, that little woman issue of blood, blood, blood. Yeah. she was fulfilling the role of a sheep. Yeah. Yes. Just know if I can just touch the hem yeah. of his garment, oh. I'll be made whole. Yeah. Whatever your problem is today, there is a cure. Yeah. The cure yes. is Jesus Christ. That's right. Yes. There's a cure. Amen. No matter what you go through. Forgot you. I know what it's like to be in lean pastures that the grass no longer ankle, knee knee. deep, spread here and there along the way. But I found where He leads, He will also supply our every need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, I I so enjoy being in your presence in the company of the saints. I pray, God, if there's somebody here,